0: You are listening to the Eyes on Conservation podcast, episode
1: 135. There's gotta be some hope
0: Welcome to the Eyes on Conservation podcast. I'm your host, Serena Simons, and on this podcast, we've covered the events of Standing Rock in a number of ways, interviewing filmmakers, historians, rally marchers, and water protectors on the front lines. But today you will hear from a woman whose music has cemented a moment in history and created a reverberation of action on a global scale. Ray Zaragoza is a young, multi-talented activist at the forefront of the movement for indigenous rights and environmental justice. Her music has redefined the "quote unquote" protest song, and sparked meaningful dialogue around empathy for the earth as well as empathy for each other. Ray's music has been featured on various outlets like Day Trotter, Jam in the Van, Indian Country Media Network, and most recently by Cindy Lauper on Spotify. We will hear clips from some of my favorite tracks, as well as Ray's words on the ties between culture and land, and finding strength in womanhood through the power of song. Um, I'd like to introduce Ray. She is an amazing artist, musician, woman, talent, uh, for people of color, the indigenous community, and I just i am so excited to have her on the show. So, Thank you. <laughs> what a generous intro. <laughs> um, Thank you for having me. Um, I want to just start off, just talk a little bit about, um, I guess, your background and um, how long you've been singing, writing, and uh, why you became a singer.
2: Sure. Uh, so my name is Ray Zaragoza. I live in Los Angeles, California. I'm from New York City. Um, I, you know, my heritage and my background, um, means a lot to me It has really shaped my whole experience living in this country, living, growing up in New York city, growing up here in the United States. Um, so I always like to talk about it or, or start out with talking about it, but my dad is, um, he's indigenous, he's half Mexican and half, um, Otham tribe. And um, my mom is from Japan, so she's half Japanese, half Taiwanese. And so I'm very much a mixed race individual. And um, I think that experience has really shaped me as a musician and as a human being, um, you know, just kind of walking the land um, as a person of color, um, as a mixed race individual, as an indigenous, someone who identifies very much as uh, with my indigenous roots Um, and I write a lot of songs about it and I've been writing songs since high school, uh, pretty much, but I've been singing my whole life and performing my whole life and writing my whole life. Um, but, uh, I've been a a singer songwriter for the past five years and yeah, so that's that's how I got here. (laughs)
0: Um, and I just, I guess growing up. Um, how do you feel like you found your voice as a woman of color Mm -hmm. and an artist?
2: Oh yeah. You know what? I really think that that's something that happened far past what I would have ever considered growing up. Mm. I think I don't even feel like I really found my voice as a woman of color, um, until the past year or two. And I definitely think that my music was a major part of finding that. Um, I think And and as I've kind of, like, peeled back the layers of that, I I realized how much happened at a young age that really happened because of the way people looked at me, because Mm -hmm. of the color of my skin. And it it really is a huge reflection, and it can be very sad, because the more you learn, the more you realize, um, you know, why those things happened. I mean, just, like, the smallest thing I remember... You know, me and my sister, we hated our brown eyes. We thought (laughs) brown eyes are ugly because, you know, everyone wants green eyes. They want blue eyes. They want eyes that are different, you know, because, you know, everyone in my family has brown eyes. And I'm like, I don't want brown eyes. That's boring. And so me and my sister in high school used to put color contacts on. Mm. And um, looking back, I'm like, you know, why is a color associated with beauty. Um, there's beauty in every color, there's beauty in every eye color and every skin color. And, um, just the fact that we felt that pressure from peers and from our society, that we would be more beautiful if we changed the color of our eyes. Um, I look back and I'm like, you know, I want to empower young people through my music, through my words to know that, no, like you are beautiful, like the way you are. And, you know, Hollywood or media or, you know, just the mainstream thing that people think is beautiful. It is not, is not really something that's true, you know, and when we have beauty in all of us and, um, as women of color, people of color, it can be a challenge to really identify with that and find that. And, um, and so, yeah, it's been a whole, it's been a real, it's been a real journey to find that beauty that, and that I identify with, um, both inner and outer beauty because, you know, it could be a challenge.
0: Absolutely. And I think that's kind of why, I mean, one of the reasons why your music strikes such a chord with me, and I'm also multiracial, mm-hmm. so yeah, having that identity crisis, yeah, um, and and yeah. kind of realizing it, but not being able to articulate it at a very young, Absolutely. formative age, mm-hmm. um, and really, I think it's it's great that you found music as um, an outlet to express yourself that way mm-hmm. and um, connect with other people that are also feeling that way um Mm -hmm. so yeah i i you know after your song so we're going to talk a lot about a lot of things but um sure uh so kind of the song that really i feel like launched you into this whirlwind of Mm -hmm. of activism of protest of um environmental uh rights was a song that you wrote called in the River." that song is so powerful and i mean I, I would love for you to talk about you know what went into making that song and creating that song
2: um thank you so much for your kind words it means so much um to hear that you know i i like the inspiration is like a it's like a mutual thing like it's like a back and forth i always say that with them um, with people who admire my music because i i I like feed off of that, you know, and then it's like it's just incredible like music, it's just like a circle of energy that we're just constantly exchanging, and so I really, really appreciate your your kind words <laughs> about my music, anyway, so in the river, I wrote um in September two thousand and sixteen uh, the, like pretty much the day that the videos of the dogs being released onto water protectors started surfacing online. And, um, that was kind of just like this straw that broke the camel's back for me. Um, I had been watching everything, um, from home about standing rock and was happening. I had a lot of friends who were there and just kind of, you know, being kept posted about it. And it was very frustrating for me that, Hardly anyone in Los Angeles in my immediate community here knew what was going on other than, you know, my indigenous community here. Um, But like my friends who aren't a part of that community had no idea. And I was constantly explaining it to people and constantly getting so worked up about it and being like, how do you not know this is happening? It's happening inside of our country. It's not happening far away. This is happening right in front of our very eyes. And no one knows. And that day, just watching those videos and knowing that my friends were there, just I completely broke down. I just started crying. I was just so broken up about it. And I, I felt so hopeless. I didn't really know what I could do to make a difference. Um, and so I just started writing a song. And at first, I started writing like a very angry song. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I can't even remember how that song really went. But then eventually, I kind of broke through that anger. And I wrote In the River, and it, and it really kind of, like, came about very quickly. As soon as I started writing it, I think I wrote the whole song in, like, 25 minutes. Mm-hmm. And um, I, what really inspired me to write that chorus, like, In the River is Our Sisters and Our Brothers. I was watching this video online of, of um, the children, the youth of Standing Rock, um, swimming in the river. And it was just so beautiful. They were just they were out for a swim
1: sisters and our brothers
3: we are camping out for each other
1: we are stronger when we band together and we're standing up for the water don't poison the future away
2: and um you know like like we need to treat our waters like we would be okay for our children to swim in them. Mother Earth protects us all. It's so sad how many how much contamination there is in different bodies of water all over the country and people are are getting sick because they're going swimming. And it's all man-made problems. This is you know, this is something that is our fault, and the water is suffering and our children are suffering because of that. So basically I just had all these thoughts and emotions rushing through me. And then I, I wrote that song and, and, uh, the next day I, I called my friend, I asked him to record it for me. We recorded the song. The next day my brother took his camera out and we just drove out until like the, the, the desert. And we just recorded a little video of me singing it. And then I made a video the next, the next day, um, with facts about what was happening at Standing Rock, and um, we just put a little video together and I, I uploaded it the next day. So this is like from like Thursday to Monday and then on Monday I uploaded it and um, overnight it had like hundreds of thousands of views and I didn't really know how that happened and I was just, it was overwhelming and I was very grateful that people were starting to realize what was happening and that a video could make that possible.
1: We are stronger when we band together. And we're standing up for the
2: water Don't poison the future away So, yeah, that's kind of just how it happened. And it was just, you know, social media definitely has been very helpful with getting the word out on a lot of Indigenous rights issues that people would never hear about because it's not in the mainstream media. So, um, so yeah, I think the awareness of Standing Rock really caught fire because of social media and um I'm I'm grateful that my song my video was able to contribute to that at mm-hmm. the time
0: and did you have any idea how um I guess how much music can affect social change before that video came? yeah I mean
2: I I I knew it but it, it 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 didn't I didn't embody it until I saw that happen because like I'm a huge Beatles fan I'm a huge Joni Mitchell fan Joan John my whole life, I've been, I've listened to classic rock music and have, and I've really felt the, the feeling of a movement, uh, through songs, you know, and I'm a, I'm a firm believer in in getting out and just practicing freedom of speech and protesting, being a protester, being a protector. And, um, I, I will every time people say to me, like, Oh, does it really help? Does it really make a difference? Does it really do this? Does it really do that? And especially if like a woman will ask me, and I'm like, uh, like, do you have a job? Do you vote? Like, do you do this? Do you do that? Because that's you're exercising all of the rights that other women in past generations protested for you to have. Mm-hmm. And um, and so yeah, I, I I very much believe in the power of, of speaking up and having it make a difference. And music even furthers that because I don't know, like music is just one of those. Um, it's just a very universal language. Um, I travel all over the world singing my songs and people don't even speak the same language as me. And they can feel that because music has a way of like capturing a frequency. And if you really like meditate and like hone in on that frequency of that song and like what you're trying to say, it can just completely transcend someone into that feeling. And you can almost it's it's almost you know it's like opening up so much to someone and then having them open up back to you and it can change minds it can change worlds it can it can change a lot and um, I, I think a lot of times when we look back on some of the most powerful movements of our time we associate a lot of it with the music of that time as well which is incredible and I think the reason why that is is because. Almost every human being can react to music, even if it's like different genres or different this. I think there's something about music that just can completely transcend someone, which is why my favorite place to play music is at rallies. <laughs> it's it's just like the most intoxicating feeling um, to play there. But yeah, you know, and, and I've been in situations where I've played music and, and people... You know, like sometimes like I'll get labeled as like a political singer songwriter or like a you know like a protester or like an activist and and people that will turn people off, they're like, oh, i don't want to I don't want to have a I don't want to be um lectured. I don't want to have a speech. Uh, I'm here' to, so I want to enjoy some music. I don't want it to get political." And, uh, people are always saying that before they watch my set and then they hear my set and they realize that it's really not political at all. It's just a, it's an experience. It's a personal experience and it's an observation. And, um, but a lot of times I'll have people who like kind of show up at my shows or they're there with friends and they like look a little apprehensive. And then afterwards they come up to me and like give me a huge hug and they're like, thank you so much. Because, um, I think a lot of times people are so turned off by like the word politics or like political and. And really it's just, a it's, it's, it's really just, it's really a compassionate thing. It's really just like a, a beautiful thing. It's just like a sharing thing. And, um, so yeah, you know, music really does have that power to open people's minds.
0: Yeah. And you talked about breaking through the anger that you felt when you were kind of watching the early stages Mm -hmm. of, um, the water protectors at Standing Rock and the, the song, I think it's so palpable your feeling of basically p- pleading to anyone that will listen about mm-hmm. what's going on um and like I'll be honest that song got me through some really really hard emotional processes that I was going wow. through Um, Mm -hmm. I had a radio show at the time, um, Mm -hmm. and I was just playing on repeat for months and months. Um, seriously, I, and I, I know that I speak for so many other people when I say that. Um, I, I just wonder, I mean, did you even realize the connections that you were making when you wrote that song? Like you were connecting people that Mm -hmm. were there on the front lines, on the ground at Standing Rock, um, through words, lyrics, music that they could identify with in the moment and also people um you know far and wide across the world were able to get this message in a in a way that wasn't coming from a place of, you know, screaming in your ear mm-hmm. about an issue and you know exactly like you were saying that turns people off so fast. Mm-hmm. Um it was really coming from a place of of just heartfelt understanding. Mm-hmm. And I mean, did you realize the connections that you were making?
2: No. And and sometimes I feel like I, I'm still starting to realize because um, people will, will like say things like that to me. And I'm like, it's just so overwhelming to me because it's, you know, I'm, I, I'm just like a, you know, I'm just like a girl who, who sits in my room and writes songs all day. <laughs> <laughs> and then I upload them. And then like, I, you know, it's, it's, it's really, it's really overwhelming. It's really special to hear like different stories. And, um, I think the, the day that I really kind of got a grasp on how much people were reacting to this song was, I was sitting in a car with, um, with a friend or like a girl I met in New Mexico, um, during gathering of nations week. Um, and I forgot my credit card or something. I forgot. I forgot something at um, Starbucks and I didn't have a car. And so she was working the event. And so she offered to drive me to go get my, my card. And, um, in the car, she was like, oh, it's like so crazy to have you in my car. And I'm like, really? Why? <laughs> and she's like, when we were at, cause she was at Standing Rock for, for months and she was working like the media tent for months and really, you know, putting in her work and, and being a true water protector Um, and she said that before they went out to an action, they would listen to my song to keep them peaceful. And that was just like, I I couldn't, I couldn't speak. I mean, I'm like tearing up just like talking about it, but I could never even imagine that my words, my song, something I wrote could have an impact like that on, on people who are really making such a difference in this world. And yeah, that was a really, really memorable moment. Um, and I'll have like elders. Uh, I had like an elder come to my show like last week and he said that um you know that that song like connected so many people and so many feelings and, and um and yeah, you know that it's it's really it's it's overwhelming and you know being a mixed race, you know, I'm I am indigenous. I'm also you know, on my mom's side I'm a completely different world I come from like she's an immigrant. You know, so like I come from one side, it's like my, I've been brought up to know that my ancestors have been on this land for And then on my other side, I'm the first generation on my mom's side who was born in the United States. And so I kind of feel like a bunch of worlds within me. And so I could only hope that through my music, I could kind of bridge worlds because um, I almost feel like that identity crisis of, of worlds being bridged <laughs> inside of me every day. So, um, so yeah, so, you know, it's, it's, it's insane when I hear stories like that, because that's all I could ever, ever hope to do with my life and with my music.
0: A lot of, um, music outlets have called that song an anthem for the movement. How do you feel about that? Oh my
2: God, that's crazy. That's like, (laughs) it's, I mean, it's, it, I, I almost feel, I feel almost like, um, it's not my place to, um, to even be excited or to be honored for it. Cause I really feel like that song, I, I almost don't even feel like I wrote it myself. I feel like that song was all of my, my ancestors and, and the people who have been a part of this movement and everyone who, every water protector, every single person who had a thought for in New York, I really, I really truly feel like I, had really tried to channel all of those people when I was writing that song. So I feel like, um, it being called an anthem, I, it, it feels, it feels right because I really feel like that's a song that was written by all of us. You know, that's a song that's for all of us. That is like our song. And, um, and maybe I was the vehicle to like put it onto the paper and to, and to sing it. But, um, that's definitely like a song where I felt like my ancestors were, like right there with me writing it. So, um, I mean, that's, that's, it's, it's really, it's just to have a, a song called an anthem is, it's pretty crazy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, I mean, what, what kind of momentum do you think Standing Rock started in terms of environmental and indigenous mm-hmm. issues? Do you think yeah that, that momentum is still going? Do you think? Absolutely. Yeah. I get this question a lot.
2: Um, you know, cause a lot of people are like, you have so much hope, you have so much drive, but they're still building the pipeline. Like, how do you comment on that? Like, how do you talk about that? And I say, like, we started so much momentum. I just played at, um, UCLA law school for like a lunchtime <laughs> concert, um, in front of all of these very, there are these, these law students are going to be going off to do incredible things. I mean, they're in one of the top law schools in the country. And um, I was talking to my friend, Alex, who I went to high school with, who's now studying to be a public defender. And she was telling me about how after Standing Rock, there is more interest in tribal law and environment law than ever in law students. And that was huge for me to hear because that just shows that we are inspiring young people. And we are inspiring people to fight for indigenous rights, and you know lawyers and getting more lawyers on on this that on on that side on the right side on on the conservation of land side is so important, and that's such tangible proof to me of how much we've made a difference with the standing rock movement despite the fact that that pipeline is being built right now Mm -hmm. um and it's a continuous thing i mean the next time this happens it's going to be even more of an outpour of support if you know if there's something like this that you know the, the the pipeline already leaked like there is so much more awareness for indigenous rights than ever before things like this things like like we've had standing rocks for generations upon generations in my family um and in like the indigenous community and it's it really kind of now that we're in this day and age of social media and of in being able to get the word out about something so quick with the click of a button it's it's really caught fire to to issues that have never been voiced before and you know just the fact that so many more young people are interested in making a difference in this it's it's only a matter of time that we're, we're, we're moving in the right direction.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I, as you were saying, having environmental and tribal lawyers, like everyone has a role to play in this Mm -hmm. movement and it can often feel so daunting and overwhelming, like what can I do? Or, you know, I'm just this, I can't, I can't do anything, but I feel like when all of these cogs start to work together, you know, I mean Absolutely. You're you're a musician. Um, you know, we need lawyers, we need organizers, we need support you know, in, in all kinds mm-hmm. of ways. Like I often feel that way, you know, like I I like making documentary films and and I'm like yes, I I can make a film about an issue and maybe raise some awareness, but like, is that enough? Am I doing Mm -hmm. enough? Mm -hmm. And um, I think that really just goes to show, yes, you Mm -hmm. are doing enough. You can always do more, but never feel defeated by, Mm -hmm. you know, what you're able to bring to the table.
2: Absolutely. A hundred percent. And my like classic line, I always say, I'm like, you're either a part of the solution or you're part of the problem. There's no such thing as, as being neutral mm-hmm. being you know and so even if you're just the person at the table the person at when you go out with your friends who corrects people when they say something offensive who voices something when it's going on just to inform people that's really powerful and and so many times we feel like we have to stay quiet, but I think more and more it's becoming really, really cool and awesome to be an activist Mm -hmm. and really cool to be outspoken, especially as women. I mean, we are not silent anymore. (laughs) It is not cool to be silent anymore. And we, I feel right now so empowered to be a woman. I feel so empowered to be a woman of color and we're being more than ever. Our voices are being heard. And, um, And so just, just use that, you know, just use your voice. I mean, even if, you know, having a podcast, that's so powerful, but even if you don't have an outlet like that, if you have just people in your community that you can talk to and you can be a part of that. I mean, I'm a huge fan of this book called The Tipping Point. I don't know if you've read it. No, I haven't. Um, It's incredible. And it's really about how, um, for better or for worse, how things catch fire. And it's always word of mouth. Um, it talks about, um, well, these shoes, hush puppies. Mm,
0: I rem- yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I and
2: remember there are these, yeah, these shoes and that they almost like went out of business before, um, the shoe company. Cause no one wanted to buy them. Like no one wanted them. But then a few like, you know, young people in the West village in New York city started wearing them and then started telling their friends about them. And then it literally, it wasn't even an ad campaign. It wasn't a commercial. It wasn't anything but word of mouth that made those shoes catch fire and become so popular. And so it really shows, it's like you don't need to have a million likes on Facebook. You don't need to have a hundred million friends or have your own TV show or be a public figure or be a politician or be um, anything of that sort to make a difference because really at the end of the day, the, the way to get the word out and to make a difference in your community is by word of mouth. And that book is amazing and you should read it. Oh, I have to.
0: Yeah. That sounds awesome. Um, and you were talking about you in this day and age, especially for young people, you, you can't be neutral anymore. That's not an option. You can
2: It's absolutely not an option. And
0: for people that have a platform established, like I'm not even talking about, um, you know, the average person. I'm talking about musicians that have a lot of clout or artists that mm-hmm. have a lot of clout. Like mm-hmm. where do you think their role is in the resistance and the environmental movement? I think movement?
2: their role is so important. And if a public figure or a musician or actor is not taking the opportunity to, to, to stand their ground and to voice, um, when they see injustice happening around them, I think they're doing a disservice and it doesn't mean you have to be like in every moment, you know, saying something to shake everyone up or, you know, it's not like you have to do that all the time, but it's just like when there's something in front of you and you choose to stay silent, I think it's, it's unfortunate. And I think a lot of times people are like, Oh, you got to separate art from, from your beliefs or from your this or from your that. And I'm like, why? Like you're an artist. It's like, you, you know, so many people feel the same way you do and feel unrest and feel like they want to make a difference in their community. And they're looking to you to inspire them and to let them know that it's okay to feel that way. I mean, I can't even like music got me through the hardest times of my life when I'm like, even on like a smaller scale when you're growing up and you're just like feeling angsty and you don't know. And you just, you just like don't know who you are. You don't, you know, you don't feel pretty, you don't feel beautiful. And it's musicians who speak up for you and it's your actors and it's people in the public eye who you see every day who really inspire you. And so I, I really, I think a lot of musicians have been taking that really seriously and have been speaking up more than ever and I hope that they'll just continue to do so because I think it's really important.
0: Yeah. And now that you have um, the platform that you have, I mean, you just have so much more opportunity to spread all the amazing words and truths that you care about. And we've seen a lot of things happen recently with regard to um, Harvey Weinstein and mm-hmm. sexual assaults. And mm-hmm. um, a lot of things are kind of uh, coming out from the woodwork and, um, Mm -hmm. you know, yeah, like women are no longer, um, being expected to be silent. And, Mm um, I I just think this is such a great movement, but, um, my next question, um, Mm -hmm. so have you always felt, um, like you had a strong sense of activism, um, -hmm. before, Um, the no dapple protests or before, I mean, was there a moment where you kind of changed your trajectory as an artist?
2: Um, you know, I always say that, um, I've always been an activist, like in my heart, but I didn't always see it as something that would go hand in hand with my music. Um, (laughs) it's just like, I look back and I'm like, it's almost so funny. It's like, you have, you have like like the salt and pepper right in front of you. Mm-hmm. And it just doesn't even kind it just doesn't uh, enter your mind that they could be mixed together <laughs> to make something really awesome. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how I feel about it. Cause I have always been an activist. I've always been extremely outspoken. I've always, um, been very active in my community and doing everything I can. Um, and, you know, if, and like, even in school, if there was something going on that I, that wasn't When i ever saw any sort of injustice, I was the first one to be like, you know, speaking up and doing something about it. And, um, you know, I've always been aware of um, indigenous rights, having, you know, just grown up in my family. Um, And I've always written songs, but I didn't understand. And I I, I, I wrote it and I used to write protest songs in high school um, just for fun. I don't Uh. even remember what I was protesting. More so just like protesting you know, the man or like, (laughs) (laughs) whatever that means, the institution. Um, and, uh, and so, yeah, I, I wrote this song like in high school called like fight up against the wall and it was pretty good. But I, after that, I, I really didn't put two and two together. I was like, okay, I have my activism and then I have my music. And I think in the river was like my first official kind of, um, you know, quote unquote protest song that I, I released because it just, you know, when all in the two parts of my heart, like two parts of my soul just kind of meshed together. And then now that they're, now that they are one, now that they're married, it's like, I can't stop. So, um, so yeah, it really was just like two parts of me that, that finally came together over the past
0: year or so. It made sense. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And how does your family feel about your activism?
2: Oh, they are the best. My, I have the most supportive family. In the world, um, my dad. You know, I come from a, a long, like lineage of, of activists. Like my my aunts and uncles were like marching in the streets during the war and like, um, you know, fighting for um, for their rights as people of color. Like from the start, and they my my all my aunts and uncles are very active people, um, and my dad too, and and everyone. I mean, I think I get it, I get it from them but I think through this experience with my music and and standing rock, I think it's activated them even more to do, to, to, to participate. Um, and my, my brother, he's an actor and, um, you know, he's also in the public eye and, and very much uses his following and, and his, his outlet as a way to raise awareness for indigenous rights and for, and for anything, he's always the, you know, the one to be saying something. So, So, yeah, you know, I have an awesome family and they're super supportive.
0: Oh, that's awesome. I mean, um, yeah, I have – I definitely have a supportive family too, but I've been in Mm -hmm. situations when I'm trying to, like, um, cover a story where Mm -hmm. it can be a little – dangerous or mm-hmm. um you know you just kind of never really know what's going to happen um yeah. you know and I I have my mom's like yeah be careful and um yeah you know that but she but she recognizes that you know those mm-hmm. fights are the most important thing to yeah. me and that mm-hmm. your family is so supportive of you um and your music career is really awesome I'm so glad to hear that um yeah, <laughs> Thank <you> so much.
2: <laughs> um, but I totally know what you mean about some people have a hard time with certain things, you know. And I and I and and the the worst is when I people like they know what I'm doing in my music and they they think it's like cute. They're like, oh, that's nice. Like you're that's cute. You're um you're like standing up for yourself. Like you're young and you're doing. I'm like. No, <laughs> I'm like no. This is not a hobby. This is like a lifestyle. This yeah, is life. This is an awareness that does not go away. Wow. And I always like I'm like okay, yeah, um, no. And then I'm always like you know just talking to people and being like no, this 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 this, and it can get exhausting. Yeah. But um, we just can't back down, you know.
1: I've been thinking about the new. Daddy leaves it on all day through. I've been thinking about the wars. And to be honest, I can't take it anymore. I hear you every day. The awful words you say. But hate can't be
0: the face of the American dream. How do you cope with, um, I guess, the the stress of kind of being an activist 24-7. Like, I feel, mm-hmm. especially as a woman, as a woman of color, I feel like I am fighting against the tide just by being alive, like, in my body. Yeah. Um, like, and, and you are very active with your songwriting and creating content. Um, mm-hmm. You know, like, how do you cope with, the stress of that how do you how do you manage you know your your mental health with everything that's going on because there's so much happening in the world yeah it's um it's
2: a challenge and
0: um I think as activists we
2: have to give ourselves that time um as a writer I'm very introverted but as like a human being I'm extremely extroverted and I need support from people you know like my family and my friends and when I'm feeling like really overwhelmed um, and look to them. But also I think it's good to like, just focus on the task at hand and not get too wrapped up in the big picture because it can swallow you. And you just have to focus on like what you're going to do today to make this world a better place. What are you going to do tomorrow? And, um, cause if you think, you know, so much and you're compromising your own health, you know, to, um, to be voicing your, you know, your activism, it's just, it's a, it's a balance. It's truly a balance. And so, you know, some days I have to stay home because I'm like, I need to put my health first. And, um, but I also feel like the activism for me, it, it fuels me, you know, it gives me strength. It gives me power. It gives me, it, it re recharges me. So, um, it's, it's a balance, but it also has just, I feel like has made me a healthier human being, mm-hmm. being, um, being active and letting all that energy flow through me without letting it just stick to my body and and not be spoken. You know, because when when you have so much to say and you don't say it, that's like sticking to you and that's making you unhealthy. And so it's just good to get it out and just say it and just be a vocal human
0: being and stand up for what you believe in. Absolutely. Um, And you have, um, a lot of people have labeled you as... An indigenous activist Artist Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. how do you feel about Being put in a box like that Because a lot of your music Isn't focused on activism Mm -hmm. It's personal Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah yeah yeah. You know um, people will always Try to label you Especially as a woman of color Um, And um, You know even like Just female musicians Female comedians Female actors People are always trying to like put them in a box <laughs> to explain why they're doing what they're doing or, and you know, it's, I, it's not something that really bothers me where I'm like actively trying to change that because if I'm going to be labeled as anything and an indigenous rights activist, singer songwriter is wonderful. You know, that's great. <laughs> um, a lot of times people get confused and, and think that because I'm fighting for indigenous rights, that means that I'm. Um, you know, I'm hundred percent native American and I'm from, you know, I'm, it's, 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 I always have to explain, I'm like, I'm mixed race and I'm from New York city, <laughs> you know, I'm from, I'm a city girl yeah. with indigenous roots. And sometimes that can be really hard for people to understand. Like, it's like, how does that make any sense? But, you know, the history of native American people is very, um, it's, it's, it's very convoluted. And my, my, aunt my my grandma, my ancestors were taken away from their tribe, which is why I live in the city, which, um, you know, sometimes I I, I, I mean, every day I wish that that didn't happen to them, that they could have stayed on their land and grown up there. And who knows where I would would be at this point in my life. Um, So, you know, it's, it's a box, but all of a lot of like my friends who interview me on their radio shows, they're always, <laughs> they're, they're always trying to explain <laughs> like, Oh, and she writes songs like this and that. And it's not just like one thing. Um, but you know, I think that's just how it is and everyone's always trying to put people in a box and it's, it's our job to, you know, to expand that and to, um, show, because I'm a human being, like I'm, I'm a multifaceted, you know, mm-hmm. human like woman. And I, um, I write all kinds of songs. I mean, I write love songs. I write, whenever I play my shows, I say, like I'm raised there, goes that I write love songs and protest songs, but I think they're pretty much the same thing, mm-hmm. <laughs> and because it all comes from the same place, and um, and yeah, you know, it, it, a lot of times it'll be like the first headline on, on my my articles. It's like oh, like indigenous rights activist or like Native American singer songwriter, and um, and so I always do my best to to try to explain the the whole the whole story behind it as well because you know it's uh we're we're humans and it's impossible to explain who we are in one sentence.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um and I so I didn't know that about you that you actually um grew up in New York City. Um mm-hmm. so was it New York City or New York just somewhere? New York City. Else? New York City. Okay. Yeah, I'm yeah. just like City girl. (laughs) (laughs) So as a city girl, and you're living in Los Angeles now, how have you maintained um, a strong connection to the earth? And, you know, I I always try to play devil's advocate for people Mm -hmm. that are not concerned about the environmental movement. And, you know, I just, Mm -hmm. I I peg it to, um, you know, they don't, they haven't visited beautiful spaces before Mm -hmm. or they, you know, didn't grow up you know, close to water mm-hmm. or, you know, anything yeah. like that. But clearly, I mean, you growing up in the city, that's, that's not the case for you. You still have a very strong connection.
2: Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's been like a, a definitely like a journey for me too. Cause growing up in the city, I was not around much nature. Um, but we would every weekend, my family would drive to Pennsylvania and we like had a, like a little, little cottage in the mountains And I love that. I loved the mountains. I really identify that growing up was um, with like the Pocono Mountains and with, you know, I just like love nature and I'd get lost in it. You know, I would just like stare out and completely lose myself. And and landscapes and surroundings have always really inspired me, which is why a lot of my songs I write are about New York City um, because it's the world around me and that's how I grew up with these buildings around me. And then, and it almost makes me even more concerned for the environment having grown up in the city. Cause I see how much like, like humans have changed this planet. I mean, like Manhattan, like that is indigenous land, you know, that has been completely changed and it's really sad. And, um, I just want to preserve everything we have left, you know? So, um, I think having grown up in the city, can almost make you, it can go either way, you know, it's either, it'll make you hyper aware or it can make you not even realize, but I think it definitely made me hyper aware cause I was always trying to get out and get into nature or, um, you know, just always really taken by the world around me and mm-hmm. I just want to preserve it for what it is, you know?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and there's, there's another song that I want to talk about, um, that I think it's probably my favorite song of Ooh. yours, <laughs> um, "Red Moon High Tide." Oh yeah, um, it's so yeah. I, I will definitely direct all of our listeners to um, everything that we've been talking about, but this song in particular was really powerful to me um, because Ray um, and another artist um, are singing on top of a parking garage it looks like Mm -hmm. um in the foreground and in the background um you can see uh the mountains burning um in some of those big la fires that happened recently it happens every year but Mm -hmm. um they were just really particularly bad this year year, yeah yeah. um and it just goes to show how connected you are to so many different issues tied to the land um Mm -hmm. you know um red moon high tide talking about fire talking about um hurricanes and rising sea levels mm-hmm. um you know i just think it's really cool that you're just so multifaceted in your activism because a lot of times people can get so um you know i guess they can focus so much on one issue but there are so many different things that are going on that need attention to mm-hmm. and i don't know i just i thought that song in particular was you know, it was close to home, too, because I'm from Southern California. So, Oh, yeah. Really? Um, yeah, and it speaks to people that were going through evacuations through fire, evacuations yeah. from um, rising seas and hurricanes. So I just thought that was really awesome. Yeah,
2: yeah, that song. Um,
0: I was hanging out with my friend Madison,
2: who, who wrote the song and performed the song with me. And she was just driving home. And she was like, oh my gosh, the fires are so bad. The moon has turned red. Like the fire has been reflected onto the moon and it's red. And I was like, oh my gosh, like that's so visual. Like we need to write a song about this. And then we just sat down and and wrote that song. And, and during the time, you know, a lot of musicians are really stepping up and like donating their album sales or their ticket sales to the Hurricane Harvey and uh, it's the you know to all the natural disasters happening at that point. And so we thought, um, let's you know let's do, let's do our part. Let's write this song. Here. we woke up at like four in the morning the next day and drove out and drove out there that, that that ended up being filmed at like six cause we had to like find the right spot. Um, and it was the first take because as soon as that take was over, the sun was already up and you couldn't really see the fire um, through the camera. Like you could see it very clear, but through the camera lens, you couldn't see it as well. Um. But what's so, and a lot of people like emailed us being like, I can't believe you went all the way out there just to do a video in front of a fire. And we're like, we didn't go anywhere. We were we are in the middle of Los Angeles. We were in the middle of the city. We were across the street from the mall. You know, we were at a parking garage for the mall, <laughs> and it just shows that there were so many people who live in the middle of Los Angeles suffering from um, from the contaminated air from the fires and had to evacuate, and it was really dangerous. And we just wanted to show that to people um, who don't live in Southern California who weren't aware of what was going on and. I have a friend who he, um, you know, I've been trying to raise money for him as well. He's in a coma because of the Northern California fires. He had a severe asthma attack and he, um, because of the fires, he is in a coma and, uh, it just really, you know, you know, it was really awful what was happening. And so we wanted to expose that to people. And, um, and we ended up raising like, um, like, a like I think like $600 for, um, different families who lost wow. their homes in the fires. And we got like messages back from people. We were like, they donated some money to them and they were like really touched by it. And, you know, cause they have to start from scratch with their homes and that's just so devastating. And, mm-hmm. and so, yeah, you know, there's really, I think there's something special about writing with a purpose, you know, writing because you want a message to be heard,
0: you know? And, uh, yeah. So that song is very special to us. Yeah, and it just, it unfortunately goes to show that you don't have to go far to find environmental devastation and, yeah. you know, but also that you can make an impact locally in your community. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't have to go... All the way to Standing Rock to make a difference. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't yeah. have to. It's happening far. in your backyard. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. that's the unfortunate fact, but it's also kind of good motivation to get out Absolutely. there. Absolutely. I just want to kind of end our amazing discussion. Mm-hmm. I want to um, end it with like. A little, just, I'm curious to know, like, your first thoughts that come to what I'm about to say. So I'm going to read you um, some head, just a couple headlines from some Mm -hmm. articles. and I just want you to, like, react to them. Sure. Okay. Um, So the first one, we kind of touched on this already. Um, So this is from a CNN article. Keystone Pipeline leaks 210,000 gallons of oil in South Dakota. Mm Mm-hmm. (sighs)
2: <sighs> okay, so should I react now? Or yeah. React? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Um, I know. And it, it literally, all I can think of, it's like, we, we told you so. Like, this is exactly what we said would happen. And, and it, it, it's never a matter of if they're going to leak. It's a matter of when. It's, I don't, I, I just don't know what everyone is looking for. I don't, like, people are waiting for the, like, for the waters to be on fire and for us not, Get, and for no clean water to come out of their faucets to do anything about it, like even you know you know it's like okay, a headline like that uh, people are seeing that it's on c n n and yet people still it's just like whoosh over their heads, mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and it's it's just so curious to me when what like, what 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 does the public need like what 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 does everyone need before you're ready to start fighting for water rights, you know because water is life and you can't survive without it. And everyone takes it for granted so much. And it's just, it's heartbreaking. It's very frustrating.
0: Yeah. Uh, hmm. The next one uh, it's actually from a Fox news article. Should be interesting. <laughs> um, Flint water crisis. Some residents still unable to drink tap water three years later. Yeah. Oh my gosh.
2: The whole... I mean, Flint, it's just, it's, it's just, oh my gosh, it's so heartbreaking. And it's been three years and it's like, they say some residents, but it's, it's much more than some, (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. it's like, they're just trying to downplay it. (laughs) You know, it's much more than some, there's so many children who are possibly permanently affected because of the Flint water crisis. Mm -hmm. And I just, you know, all I can say is that Again, it's like, I don't know what everyone needs before we start speaking up,
0: you know. Yeah. And, I mean, I could go off on on a little bit of a tangent. I won't. But, um, yeah, just talking about um, how the environment and race are so interconnected and yeah. where people and communities are placed is very strategic. Um, Absolutely. And, Absolutely. You know, as we saw with... Um, the Dakota Access Pipeline and where it was rerouted um, Mm -hmm. from and the community. From Bismarck. Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a whole nother issue. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's just the environmental movement is so tied to so many different things. And I think the the point of this podcast um, is not only to highlight these issues, but just show all the all the the webs that connect these things mm-hmm. together um yeah y- yeah okay so. it's all
2: the same fight yeah. yeah and that's that's what we're always saying we're like everyone we need to be showing up at every rally mm-hmm. you can't just okay, show like, up for one n- no like it's like okay like the women's march was huge in LA I couldn't even move you know I couldn't even move anywhere, right? It was like, it wasn't even a march because we filled out from where the march was starting and ending. You know, it was incredible. Mm-hmm. But where were all those people at Arno Dapple rallies mm-hmm. and at the Black Lives Matter rallies, which have a much smaller um, turnout? And, you know, I was incredibly proud of the women's march. It was incredible. But, um, you know, we all need to remember to keep showing up to every single fight because in the end, we are all fighting the same exact fight like you said it is all connected it is all it's all the same it's it's all the same and uh and so it's really incredible when we see people show up at at this and that and they're and they're making their voices heard um whether or not that issue is something they believe directly affects them mm-hmm. which usually it does without their knowledge mm-hmm. but absolutely um that it's all connected
0: yeah and yeah. um yeah, I mean, you just kind of summed it up, really. Um, we're all on this planet. And yeah, regardless of whether you um, believe that all these pipelines are a bad idea or a good idea or that climate change is real or not, mm-hmm. like we're, <laughs> we're all people on this planet that share this planet with so many different life forms. And um, I just, I mean, I, I I'm of the belief that Mother Earth will take care of herself despite what mm-hmm. we do to mm-hmm. her. But at what cost will that mm-hmm. end up being, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. And I would love to prevent a lot of the the devastation that is sure to mm-hmm. um, befall yeah our our existence as we know it, if we don't, yeah, do yeah, absolutely. About it.
2: And what is terrifying to me is how many people are just focused on making money in their lifetime. yeah, like, oh, well, I, you know I might be uh, very much damaging Mother Earth, but uh, it'll it'll be generations before we see the outcome of this. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, interesting. So you're <laughs> not putting your children, your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren. That that doesn't matter to you at all, you know, and the our ancestors and the generations to come, it's, it's all connected. We're all connected. And if we're not fighting for them, then we're not fighting for ourselves.
0: This standing rock wasn't the first, it's not going to be the last big, um, gathering and movement for indigenous environmental issues um but if there was you know just something that you could say to everyone that's um you know put their voice their bodies um in the line between um this this fight for mother earth like what would you say to all of them yeah, i would
2: say just like don't give up don't back down just like keep being inspired keep surrounding yourself with people who think the way you do don't let anyone ever say that um, speaking up is is um, not needed or not making a difference because it, it, it absolutely is. And so just just got to keep putting one foot in front of the other and uh, keep getting
0: out there. Stay in the streets. Stay in the streets. <laughs> <laughs> Stay in the streets. And um, where can our listeners go to find uh, more about you and your music? Yeah, you can find everything you need to know and all the links at r-a-y-e-z
2: music.com. Uh, ray zaragoza r-a-y-e and uh yeah check it out i have um my debut album came out in uh, june of this year so um and so yeah
0: (laughs) thank you for having me (laughs) thank you so much for being on the show um it was such a pleasure and i'm really looking forward to all of the amazing um art that you're gonna put forth and um, yes. all the amazing things that you're gonna do for your community and beyond. Thank you so much. <laughs>
1: save the river. Save the seas. Save the mother and her family. Can you take what you want and say that we are free? If you put oil in the water, we won't sit quietly. And They were singing,
3: Stand up, stand up for right. Don't walk, don't walk silently to the night. Take my head and wail, through. If you fight for me, I'll fight for you.
0: So that was my interview with Ray Zaragoza, singer-songwriter indigenous and environmental advocate and all around wonderful human being if you like this episode of the show please rate review and subscribe to the podcast on itunes or the podcatcher of your choice we really do love hearing from you more information about ray and her music can be found on our show notes page for this episode at wildlandsinc.org eoc135 as well as rayzmusic.com that's r-a-y-e-z music.com all of the music featured in this episode is by Ray Zaragoza, and I really hope that you'll support her work. This episode was produced by me, your host, Serena Simons. Thanks again for tuning in.
3: Into the night. Take my and wave. Say it's if You fight for me, I'll fight for you. But don't look down when we march down.